KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Monday, February 27th. Search warrants in the SDSU rape investigation show conflicting accounts of the incident and timelines. More on that next. But first, let's do the headlines. State and local COVID emergency orders will be lifted tomorrow after being in place for nearly three years. Health officials say the emergency orders help save many lives. Once the orders are lifted, some testing and vaccination sites will close and the county won't give weekly updates on COVID cases and deaths in the county. But county health officials say the county response to the ongoing pandemic, such as testing, treatments and vaccinations, will continue. The national COVID public health emergencies are set to end on May 11th. An off-duty San Diego police officer was arrested in Mira Mesa last week for alleged domestic violence. According to San Diego police, after the department received a 911 call reporting the incident, on-duty officers arrived at the scene and arrested Officer James Walker. He was taken to the San Diego County Jail. Walker has been suspended and his peace officer powers were removed while the outcome of the criminal and internal investigations are underway. Good news from the IRS. The deadline to file your tax returns and pay any remaining federal income taxes owed for last year has been extended to October 16th. You heard that right. You now have until October 16th to file your taxes. The IRS is offering their relief to any area declared a disaster area by FEMA, and San Diego County qualifies. Previously, the deadline had been postponed to May 15th. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. The investigation into the alleged rape of a young woman by former SDSU football players has led to a child pornography charge. Reporter Alexander Wynn has more on what was revealed in search warrants and what it means for the ongoing civil case. Shortly after the court unsealed the warrants, San Diego police announced they arrested Nalimpa Iwaliko on one felony count of possession of child pornography. He's one of the former San Diego State football players investigated. Authorities discovered the child pornography during their investigation. The affidavits attached to the warrants also offer differing accounts of what happened the night of the alleged rape. Attorney Gretchen von Helm said ultimately that's what led prosecutors to decline to press charges in this case. But she also said the information will help the young women's civil case. The warrants reveal that the young lady was hurt, was injured, and was wronged in some fashion. And so what the, the affidavits show supports the civil lawyer, because the civil lawyer only needs probable cause, you know, more likely than not, for him to win the civil case. The burden of proof is much lower in a civil case than in a criminal case. SDSU has yet to conclude its student conduct investigation into the matter. Alexander Wynn, KPPS News.
Last week, 48 people were arrested for sex crimes in a sting operation run by the San Diego Human Trafficking Task Force. Reporter Thomas Fudge has the story and some reaction to it. Among those arrested, 39 face misdemeanor charges, mainly trying to buy sex. Nine face more serious charges, like trafficking of a minor. Kim Barry Jones, director of the Center for Justice and Reconciliation, spoke with KPBS Midday Edition. She said sex trafficking involves force, fraud, or coercion used to turn people into sex workers. She says her center, which studies human trafficking, recently visited 20 high schools in San Diego County. And in every single high school, we found evidence of grooming or trafficking. And in 90% of those schools, there had been active cases. Barry praised the sting operation, especially the arrest of traffickers. The center she directs is based at Point Loma Nazarene University in San Diego. Thomas Fudge, KPBS News. CalFresh emergency allotments are ending tomorrow. Reporter Melissa May visited a food distribution that's ready to help those on a fixed income keep putting food on the table. About 2,000 seniors attended the San Diego Food Bank's Senior Food Program Food Distribution in Chula Vista. Shelly Parks is with the Food Bank and says seniors received $281 a month for two years as part of the CalFresh emergency allotments. But that's ending, and the food bank is already preparing for it. We expect to see the real surge in need in April because people are getting that money in their EBT card, able to spend it at the grocery store through March. But come April, we know that that money's not going to be there. The food bank hosts 74 food distributions for seniors every month. You can find more information about them at sandiegofoodbank.org. Melissa May, KPBS News. A San Diego nonprofit that helps support young people who've aged out of the foster care system is celebrating its 20th anniversary. Reporter Claire Strong went to meet some of the people whose lives it's changed. It's a warm, sunny February afternoon, and light floods the downtown apartment where Don Wells, who's the chief empowerment officer at Just In Time for Foster Youth, and his wife and co-founder Diane Cox live. I've been invited to meet them and their adopted daughter, Belen Gomez, who are playing a game of cards around the dining room table when I arrive. Just wait and see. It gets a little competitive at times, but the bond and ease between them is unmistakable. At the age of one, Belin's biological mother gave her to relatives to raise, and Belin spent the rest of her childhood in and out of foster care. In 2011, when she was struggling to adjust to university life, Belin reached out to Just In Time for some much-needed support. I don't like making mistakes because I feel like I'm going to get judged. I don't like causing too much attention just because I feel like if I'm as minimal as possible, then I'll be able to fit in anywhere. Belin's adopted mum, Diane, helped launch the nonprofit in 2003, which supports 18 to 26-year-olds transition from foster care into adulthood. Diane wanted to help Belin take charge of her life, so she even taught her how to drive. We would go to Starbucks and have um, like a frappuccino. That was like our reward after we would go out and practice driving. I just felt really strongly that I wanted Belin to have the independence that every woman I think should have so that she can make her own choices. 
Each state is different, but California allows young people to remain in foster care up to age 21. After that, they're on their own, which is why Don and Diane decided to take things a step further with Berlin by adopting her in her 30s. Don says he wanted to give Berlin stability. When you're in foster care and she was in a number of different placements, the whole thing is if you make a mistake, you're out. And so having the burden of that is really difficult. So my whole thing was to try to make sure that she felt that I was going to be around no matter what. While Berlin's story is somewhat unique, Just In Time prides itself on being a family for the young people it supports. It does things that parents usually do, such as furnishing a client's home, stepping in when they're short on rent, and even helping them apply for bus passes. At the Just In Time HQ, I meet Nathaniel Martinez, who spent his childhood being raised by family friends in a chaotic and toxic environment. He still remembers the night he was taken into foster care. I remember my mother getting up and answering the door, and there were sheriff's deputies and, uh, and two social workers there with her. Despite all the challenges he faced, Nathaniel went to graduate school and now works at Just In Time teaching young foster care adults how to manage their finances. Nathaniel says it's so important to help them become financially literate. When you don't have the foundational areas of support, participants are stuck in what we call the survival mindset, where they're living from week to week, from day to day, paycheck to paycheck. Just in time, overwhelmingly employs people who've aged out of the foster care system themselves, like Samantha Hana. The nonprofit provided Samantha with a laptop, notebooks, and most importantly, emotional support while she was studying at UCSD. As the first person in her family to go to university, Samantha says having someone to turn to was crucial. To be able to come in and just be like, I'm, I'm just having a horrible day, and for somebody to look at you and be like, I get it, you know, and then you just have this person who completely understands what you're going through. Just In Time has supported thousands of young foster care adults since it launched 20 years ago. It now hopes to help other states set up something similar. Back at the apartment and the game of cards has wrapped up. Berlin won. She says she's forever grateful for the love, support and dedication of Don Diane and the Just In Time team. I learn from them every day. I think it's amazing. I think they're amazing people. Claire Strong, KPBS News. Coming up, a San Diego artist turns things she finds at the swap meet into unique sculptures. We'll have that story and more just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. 
we invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. If you're planning a visit to SeaWorld, don't take cash. Reporter Kitty Alvarado explains why. SeaWorld is the latest amusement park to go cashless. They really are looking at ways to streamline their guest experience. SDSU marketing professor Miro Kopik says this is a trend that isn't going away anytime soon. This is a trend that's going on across both theme parks and a lot of retail organizations because in many ways it's much simpler. On its website, SeaWorld states that going cashless will be faster, letting people spend less time in line and have more time having fun. This is a pilot program that will also be used at Sesame Place in Chula Vista. Kiosks will be available to convert cash to cards for free, but Copic says the system doesn't always benefit consumers. When you go cashless, there tends to be an increase in impulse spending. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. Andrea Overturf is a symphony musician, but that didn't satisfy her creativity. So she started making sculptures from things she found at the swap meet. Now her hobby has become a second career, and she is one of the official represented artists whose work is on display at the studio door in Hillcrest. Arts reporter Beth Accomando has this preview. Andrea Overturf is not your typical symphony musician. Only me would would get a delivery backstage of doll parts at a concert. Those doll parts then end up in her studio, also known as the morgue. There's usually doll parts laying everywhere, various disembodied toys and heads and whatnot. So it's kind of unofficially the morgue. (laughs) Needless to say, I fell in love with Overturf's art the moment I saw it. It would be right at home in the living room of the Adams family, embodying the creepy but kooky in the most deliciously wicked way. Her sculptures often have doll heads or limbs grafted onto typewriters or peering out from cabinets. There's a sense of life and movement to her pieces, as if inviting us to set them in motion like some elaborate Rube Goldberg device. Well, I think that her work is for the curious. Patrick Stillman first showed her work at the studio door in 2016. Upon looking at it, you think, what is this? Where did it come from? What kind of world does this creature live in? I think it's really for the inquisitive mind. Overturf grew up in a home that was like Pee Wee's Playhouse and with a mother whose artistry inspired her. Overturf was also inspired by things like an old TV anthology show called Way Out. See the one and only Cassandra, Cassandra, the electric woman. She is 100% a human body in a dress and she's chained to an electric chair and has this giant light bulb for a head. And so that image really stuck with me. And it's an image that informs a lot of her work, in which the mechanical is mixed with something human or animal, says Stillman. And so she'll take little parts of things and create something new out of it. They might be a typewriter, they might be parts of an electrical box, or even old-fashioned light fixtures and light bulbs. All of these kind of components are assembled together to create this sort of fierce, curious creature. 
Her art is inspired by the things around her, so her house is filled with toys, strange beasts, and a closet full of items lovingly purchased from the swap meet, or randomly donated to her by friends and strangers. The construction workers saw my pieces as I was moving them in, and they brought a broken clock to me. She loves how that adds meaning to her art. But those items, or source pieces, can sit around for years as she waits for that aha moment. There's this moment that happens sometimes where I see, like, though they're two totally disparate items, they look like they just belong together. And, like, I'm not just forcing two items together and just tacking them together, but that that they look like they belong together. Like they're worthy of marriage, because so much of her art feels like living, breathing things that form a relationship. These are not inanimate objects. They all have a personality, and she's the matchmaker that brings them together. It's a playful process. So I had these tentacles that are supposed to be for your fingers. And then I think it's kind of whimsical and cool to have these little scuba men, but kind of like you have this giant, this giant scuba diving baby with these, you know, kind of some Gulliver's Travels type stuff. I'm not quite sure. As she plays with tentacles or attaches a victim to a piece called Maneater, she acknowledges that some people see her work as having a dark aesthetic. And that's fine if that's what people get out of it. But for me, that's usually just kind of what I find humorous or beautiful. I, I have a dark sense of humor. I I just tend to gravitate towards things like that. And, and um, I think those things are beautiful and funny. <laughs> You can decide for yourself by checking out Overturf's art at the studio door in Hillcrest. She's one of the represented artists whose work will remain on display through the first half of the year. Beth Accomando, KPBS News. Andrea Overturf's work is currently on display at the Studio Door Gallery in Hillcrest. And an update to a story we brought you late last month. The Comic-Con Museum in Balboa Park was voted Best Pop Culture Museum in the country. The designation is part of USA Today's 2023 10 Best Readers' Choice Awards. Voters chose the Comic-Con Museum over 19 others across the country. If you want to visit the winning museum, it's open from 10 to 5 p.m. every day except Mondays. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Monday. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places.